Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the week. It's Doggy Pod time. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Doggy Pod. I'm Dr. Rob Zamet with the fantastic producer. Oh, you're too kind. My name is Stephen Peters. And in this episode, we're going to talk about leaving your dog in a kennel when you go away. Can it cause emotional harm? And is there such a thing as a first aid kit for your dog? And if so, what should be in it? And I'll tell you my idea of the perfect diet for your dog. Dry, wet, raw, cooked veggies, Italian... Tide. You'll find out in a minute. <laughs> and why do some dogs chase their tails? Does this mean that maybe they're not the sharpest tool in the shed, or is there a little bit more to it? Then we're going to talk about why some dogs freak out in storms. Does your dog freak out in a thunderstorm? Unfortunately, I have one dog that does just that. Yeah, I don't think it's uncommon. And Rob, it's good to see that you're a little bit calmer this <laughs> week, because for some people who may remember in last week's episode, uh, Rob um, went on a bit of a rant, but uh, he's he's much calmer today. He seems All very good. relaxed. Valerian has worked. It's calmed <laughs> me down like it calms some neurotic dogs. That's good. That's good. Um, how's the clinic been this week? You've been busy? Yeah, we've been busy just with everything, including the routine things, which means I've had to, to uh, clean a lot of dogs' teeth. People think, what? You have to clean dogs' teeth? Well, if you don't, if your dog has really bad teeth and you don't clean them, it's not just bad breath. That breath is, that smell is bacteria growing, releasing gas. That bacteria gets into their bloodstream and can knock out things like kidneys and liver and even valves of the heart will be affected by the bacteria lodging there. So you've got to keep your dog's teeth clean. What does that mean? As far as doing it in the clinic, we have to give the dog a general anaesthetic. So we check their bloods first to make sure they're not toxic, make sure they can take the anaesthetic. We then uh, use an ultrasonic scaler once we've uh, anaesthetized the dog and we scale them just like they do with your teeth. Most dogs, I think 99.9% of dogs, won't tolerate 
the ultrasonic scalar while they're awake. You do Fair get enough. the occasional dog that does, actually, but that's pretty rare. So we clean all underneath the gums, you know, right up under the gum line, get all that tartar off, freshen it up, uh, polish them back, and then usually send them home on antibiotics because you've mobilised a lot of the um, bacteria in the mouth and put them on a program to try and maintain clean teeth without having to come back and do that. takes a little while, but you've got to crack the tartar off because bacteria live under there. When you do, people get really surprised how white and shiny dogs' teeth really are, much wider than ours. Yeah, um, and the lucky thing for the dog, of course, is that unlike us, uh, you know, it doesn't have to sit in the dentist chair and hear that sound, that sound <laughs> that we, we're all familiar with that will make most of us break out into a sweat. And uh, people familiar with our Facebook page, you will know that there's a, a short video uh, on our Facebook page of Rob doing just that, uh, cleaning a dog's teeth. The dog is, in fact, my dog, Molly, and, um, and she has got the most beautiful smile right now, let me tell you. Now, our quiz question this week is which breed of dog is a playing piece on the Monopoly board? Is it a Labrador, a German Shepherd, a Poodle or a Scottish Terrier? Now, um, I don't know if people still play Monopoly. I'm sure they do. It was a great game. But, um, yeah, one of the playing pieces is a dog, which is it? You'll find out a little bit later. And our celebrity dog this week is called Lupo. And Lupo is an English Cocker Spaniel. Um, but what very famous family does Lupo belong to? You'll find out that soon as well. So let's get started. And anybody lucky enough to be going away on holidays in these particularly difficult times, there's always that decision to be made what to do with your dog. Do you take it to a dog-friendly location or do you have to put it in a kennel? What are the options, Rob? And, mm. and what's the story with uh, putting it in a kennel? Can that cause <laughs> emotional harm? Oh, yeah, look, it can if it's in the wrong kennel. Not all kennels are created equal. Yes. And yeah, some of them... Uh, the peep, and it's not the facilities to look at so much as the people in them. You've really... Right, the people need, who are running the kennel. Yeah, and you need to talk to people that maybe have had their dogs in those kennels in the past. There are some fantastic kennels these days, really luxury-type kennels. Most of the operators are very, very kind people that will look after your dog's needs. Some of the kennels even have um, a direct video link you know, via the internet that you can have for your dog, so you can check in on your dog mm, and even true. talk to your dog so your dog can hear your voice. And that really does help calm the dog down. Most dogs do accept it because they just look, I'm fine, I'm okay here, they're feeding me, they're exercising me, they're keeping me clean. And that's the dog's basic requirements and they, they get a bit of love from the carer. So most of the kennels will do all those things that will, will help your dog settle into its little break from you for a little while. Uh, does the dog want a break from you? No, he doesn't want to, but it can happen. The other alternative is these days there are a lot of people that will come to your home and stay there, you know, good, legitimate, honest people that will stay in your home and look after your dog for you and look after your home. So they'll house sit and dog sit, which is good. Correct. Yeah. So they'll, they'll look at it after everything and there's less chance of anyone breaking into your home while someone's there, of course. So it makes life a lot easier for your dog. So we shouldn't worry that our dog's traumatised by not being near us for a couple of weeks. Well, always leave a um, phone number they can contact you on these days to let they can tell you if your dog's fretting or not, if there's any problems. Uh, make sure they have good access to veterinary care at the kennel because if there's problems, you do want them to go to a vet. 
all those th normal things that you would want done for your dog at home, you'd want done in the kennel. But I really would not worry. Most of the kennels will also try different foods. Let them know what's the dog's favourite food. Take along the dog's favourite toy so it can stay with it. And leave a something with your smell on it. Because remember, we've said it time and time again, they live in a world of smell. And if they can smell you around in some way, that will be enough to calm them down a lot. So just what? Send them away with a, a T-shirt that you've just worn? And yeah, a lot of people will. A lot of people have a, 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 you know, an unwashed shirt or um, a towel or something with, that they can just sleep on become part of its bedding and the kennels will look after that and just ask them not to wash it, just leave it there. and <laughs> Sort of defeats the purpose. Yeah, <laughs> and just leave it with the animal if they can. If it's possible, it's a great idea. That's a good little tip. Now, with all of our dogs, occasionally they get themselves in a bit of bother and I think this happens pretty much to everybody at some stage during the life of their dog. Maybe they get a cut or a bruise or a, or a dog bite from... Um, a dog they've had a bit of a, a to-do with up the road. Um, is there such a thing that we should have around the house as sort of like a doggy first aid kit, some, you know, some basics uh, that we should have? We actually sell doggy first aid oh, kits there is in such our a clinic. Thing. Okay. So, yes, a lot of clinics will sell a first aid kit What's for in dogs. a doggy first aid kit? Well, the main reason that dogs come through the clinic door tends to be diarrhoea and vomiting. So if your dog gets... One little bout of diarrhoea, you don't want to be racing down to the vet for no reason. Um, you may have something in there. The vet said, yeah, look, this is a good anti-diarrhoea product that you can have. Things, you know, basic things. You don't want a, an antibiotic, but there are basic uh, things these days that are sold over the counter to assist with dogs that have diarrhoea. They're usually based on things like Kalen or one of those uh, things that coat the bowel a little bit and slow it down, K-magma type products have one of those in the kit. Um, remember, if your do dog does get diarrhoea, we've talked about this before, feed them, maybe fast them for, for 24 hours if possible, and think about feeding them cooked white rice that you haven't washed. Don't wash the, the white rice, leave all that starch in there. Mix it with a little bit of cooked chicken or cooked meat, and that becomes their diet for a couple of days till the, the tummy settles down. Something bland. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you should think about an antiseptic cream because they all get little cuts and bruises here and there. Uh, maybe something, if, it, if they've got a hole that's bleeding a little bit for some reason, 3% hydrogen peroxide, I always tell people, and or betadine as well. Uh, both of those things are commonly bought over the counter at a chemist and can be part of your kit. People love having bandages in kits because they can. Um, if you do put a bandage on a dog for some reason, don't do it too tight. I've had it over and over again where people have come in, <clears throat> bandage has been on for a couple of days, and the leg is just about ready to come off. Wow. They do it so tight that they stop the blood supply to the leg. So be a bit careful of that. Don't overdo a bandage uh, for any reason whatsoever. If you have to bandage a dog's leg for you feel it needs a bandage, do it loosely, not too tight. So that's another thing. And then tweezers, <clears throat> a good thing to have to pull little things like grass seeds out or even ticks out that you might find. And uh, one of the things I always do is just put a little bit of it, some sort of insecticide on the tick, if a dog has a tick, leave it for just a, about you know, a minute. That will retract the tick a bit and then pull it out. An insecticide? Like, mm. like what? Um, some of the things that you, yeah, the flea rinses that you can buy. You could have those in a small size poison bottle, 
so you could in your first aid kit and you dab that on. Make sure you label what it is mm. because you'll come think, oh, is that drinkable or not drinkable? Make sure it's a proper poisons bottle that children can't open and you know what's in there before you do it. Talk to your vet about poisons bottles and the requirements that you should have just for yourself, to, for safety, for everybody's sake. And then <clears throat> finally, the other thing I will have is some sort of eye wash because if something goes in your eye, the dog's eye's a bit red, it's good to have a – people say, oh, I use salt and water. What concentration of salt and water do you use? Mm. Yeah, we don't know. So an eye wash and also – What, a special e- canine eye wash? Eye wash no, the human ones are fine. Okay. The human, human ones have the same pH in their eyes. And then ear wash as well to, you know, if your dog's shaking its head and you just want to give the ear a clean, don't be over-enthusiastic, don't go rubbing things inside the ear, put the ear cleaner in, massage for a good minute, cotton wool in, cotton wool out without rubbing it around and just get all the junk out of the ear that way. Things settle down that way, great. If not, off to the vets. So there's about five or six things there that people could have just in a little a little plastic container set aside that uh, yeah. for all their canine emergencies. Well, people um, you know, often make kits up for people like that, especially if they take their dog on holidays. We talked to yeah, earlier about you know, going on, on holidays and leaving your dog behind. A lot of people these days want to have a look at uh, the internet and find dog-friendly areas, either uh, motels that will accept dogs, a lot of them do now, uh, or if they're... Uh, got a caravan or they're hiring a cabin, a lot of them will allow you to take your pet with you, providing your pet is well-behaved, of course. Yes, that's a familiar sound to all of us. But what is it? Of course, yeah, it's a thunderstorm. We better shut the window here before the rain comes in. Mm. But... um, of course, we know what that is, but dogs don't necessarily know what that sound is and why the barometric pressure is changing and why everything just seems a little different and it freaks them out. Not all dogs, but some dogs. What can we do about it, Rob, if you have a dog that is really affected by a thunderstorm? Oh, storm phobia dogs are very, very difficult to manage sometimes. Um, and I've had clients that have locked their dog in the garage in one case and came back, their new car was trashed. Their new car, Stephen, was trashed because they thought, we know the dog gets a phobia, let's just lock him in the garage. Uh, the car's in the garage and lots of other things. If you're locking a dog in, into anything, be aware that that's not going to be necessarily the best place for your dog. He'll still hear it. He'll still, he might be out of sight, out of mind for you, but the thunderstorm is still affecting your dog. One thing that you can do, there are kennels that you can buy called a thunder kennel or a storm kennel and they are well insulated and the dog goes right in you push the dog right in and they're they can't hear this yeah the, everything's gone down your dog will tell you long before the thunderstorm hits that it's coming they seem to feel the drop in barometric pressure you're quite right about that they feel it and they know it's coming and they'll let you know long before that thunderstorm hits that there is trouble afoot as far as they're concerned they don't like mm. it uh, you can try tranquilizers. Now, the problem with tranquilizers is by the time you, it works, the, the storm's over. What I do with my um, cases, I will recommend a simple tranquilizer. I get them to crush the tablet, mix it with some warm water and syringe it down the throat. That way it works within one to two minutes 
and the dog can sleep better through the, through the thunderstorm. But you have to be home to do that. Finally, if you are home, hell, I just go inside and we turn the radio up loud and mm-hmm. uh, enjoy some music and some cuddles on the lounge and everything is fine. A dog that's in my arms always calms down and it doesn't worry about storms. I've got a dog that has a terrible phobia. He ripped down the Venetian blinds when I wasn't there once and um, was tragic what he did. So we are always aware during thunder season to have someone home for that dog. Because it does genuinely distress oh, yeah. a lot of dogs, like they serious. Are, they are seriously, seriously worried. I mean, they, they destroy themselves. I've seen dogs go through glass doors. They just burst through glass doors, burst through any barricade or balustrade that you might have. Some dogs have jumped off verandas in units because of storms and killed themselves accidentally. But, you know, they don't do it through suicide. They just do it through fear. They are just so fearful of that sound. They just take off, and you've got to be careful. They'll take off onto the road and get hit by a car. All sorts of things can happen. And managing a thunder phobia dog... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Very, very difficult because I say you have to be there all the time. That's one of the problems. Because there's no predicting what dog might be affected by thunder and what. No, no. And, And the weird thing is I often see some of what's called the gun dogs. Gun dogs are dogs where... In the past, they've been selected because people shoot over the dogs. Yeah, they'll shoot ducks or whatever, and the dog's supposed to go out and retrieve it. So they're used to these loud sounds, but the thunder sound is entirely different, and these dogs get very, very frightened by it. Now, another thing that dogs do, on a lighter note now, is is a lot of dogs chase their own tails. Mm, not lighter, not lighter. <laughs> oh, really? My, my, my dog doesn't, and I don't really know anybody's dog that does um, in amongst my friends, but I know that it's it's a thing. A lot of dogs do chase their tails. Not just chase it, Stephen. They catch they it. They catch it and, and, and damage what? it badly. They, really? I've had, we've had to amputate tails off oh dogs because they chase it. Tail chasing behaviour is thought to be a form of epilepsy and sometimes, sometimes can be controlled with epileptic tablets, epileptic therapy. So what might seem like something just a bit fun and silly yep. Is, yep. is not. No, if you can, if you see the behaviour starting, try and stop it straight away. But it can get so bad in some dogs, they will chase their tail till they literally catch it and clamp down with their teeth on it, scream with pain, start some bleeding, and then start the chase all over again, regardless. Wow. So it, it, some dogs have been put to sleep because of tail chasing behaviour. Seems 
quirky and funny when you see it, but very, very distressing to the dog and the owner. So you have to um, tranquilize them at times if it gets bad and put them on heavy-duty anti-epileptic drugs till it settles and then start weaning them down on dosage slowly. It's a very complex issue, tail-chasing behavior, and very, very distressing, as I say, both for dogs and owners. Because the dog, of course, would have no idea why it's No, it, its, it's like epileptic. So they, they don't know sometimes you know, they're, they're even seizuring. They don't know what's going on. Or, you know, they, and it's the same with the, with the dog. It's not like, oh, there's something there and I want to chase it. You, know, you do get that behaviour in some dogs. Oh, what's that? Let's chase it for a bit of fun. Stop it straight away. Don't allow that behaviour. That's unacceptable behaviour. Put a collar and a lead on, take the dog out for a little while, time out, make it sit, train it to sit, drop, stand, do all sorts of little behavioural things that stop the tail chasing behaviour because it becomes so phobic about it, so hell-bent on catching that tail, it can become a bad issue for your dog. Yeah, that's a good point because, as you say, if you catch it early, a lot of people might just think it's a bit of fun and a bit silly and, and you know, almost like it's a party trick to watch your dog chase its own tail. But that's good to hear that uh, that's not the case and we shouldn't be encouraging it at all. Correct. Okay, Dr. Rob, I'm sure you get asked this quite a lot. Uh, let's get back to basics. What is the best all-round diet for my Dog. I get and, that. and does it? I get you asked a lot, and and does it vary from size or breed or whatever? But sure. what are the basics yep. that our dog should have every day or every week? Uh, this is a whole, not just a whole episode. Yeah, this we could be, do a whole episode. Oh, we could do episodes on dog feeding, and people often come in with a new puppy and say, "Oh, I've got this new puppy. Um, what do you feed your dog? What should I be feeding my dog?" I tell them, "Did you buy from an ethical breeder?" And if they say yes. Did you see the adults the, that they have? Yes. Did you like their adults? Yes. They got that way by feeding the diet that suited the, that particular breed, they, their particular lines. The breed has developed the diet that suits their particular uh, DNA, if you like. So feed what the breeder told you. Unless there's something that's out of balance, I'll ask them about that. And if there's not, I, that's the type of dog food that I recommend. If there's no diet chart, they didn't get from the ethical reader, what do I start them on? I will tell them to get a good quality dry food and either a good quality wet food or even a little bit of meat, not too much meat. When you say wet food, do you mean uh, canned dog food? Yeah, it can be a canned food or those semi... I prefer those semi-lean ones than canned. A lot of the cans uh, can give dogs diarrhoea, so I don't want too much. And I don't want that to be the basis. The basis of the diet is the dry food. I mix that with a little bit of meat or, or wet food of some kind, a little bit. I add a little bit of water to that, mix it round, and that's the food uh, twice a day for a young puppy to start with, once a day for an adult. Uh, I also ask them to get a bone, especially with young puppies, get a bone now. And I said, it won't be able to chew a bone. Of course it won't, but it'll train it because later on we want to keep the teeth clean. And bones will help us do that. A bone once a week, once a fortnight, depending on the dog and the breed, will keep the teeth sparkling white without the need to come in to the vet all the time and have anesthetics and have the teeth cleaned. Just a nice soft bone is part of that diet. Um, I like lamb necks because it's got a little bit of meat on them and there's a bit of bone in there and the dogs enjoy chewing it. They get a lot of industry out of that. They get a lot of enjoyment. Dogs have to have um, that industry 
be it chewing bones, be it dog training, whatever it is, that's all part of a dog's balanced temperament as well in, in the future. So I do like that sort of uh, bone added to the diet. But the basis is a good quality dry food mixed with a little bit of, of uh, soft food. But what ratio of dry to, to wet? About 80 to, to 90% dry food. Wow, okay. The, the wet food is just there for flavour, to add flavour. You know, if, the, if a dry food lacks anything, it probably acts, lacks palatability to some extent. Mm. Compared to wet food, always lacks palatability. Now, dogs will eat their dry food quite happily, but I want them to enjoy it more than just having something. You know, a little bit of wet food mixed with it, a little bit of water, all mixed up, put down, boom, down it goes. And, and I don't leave food down for long times. If you leave the food there... It's attracting bacteria from the air into the food and those bacteria will grow. And if the dog comes along later on and eats it, it's giving a good food of, feed of bacteria into its gut, which you don't want to do. So the food's down there for 10 to 15 minutes. What you don't eat, you take away, throw out and make it a fresh meal, next meal. See, I think a lot of us think our dogs are indestructible when it comes to – because they will eat anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, but it's still the main reason they come to a vet is diarrhoea, and the main reason they get diarrhoea is they eat anything. Mm. You know, they'll, they'll lick things to see what they – what know what that is, Dad? And they lick that and, oh, don't lick that, and boom, the diarrhoea starts. So don't feed food that's off. Don't feed um, – too many leftovers, don't feed salty leftovers, don't feed takeaway leftovers. If you're feeding leftovers, well-cooked vegetables, no onions. Um, Gar- and, garlic, of course, is a big no-no, as yeah, we know. Just a bit of meat, if you want, uh, is fine. But that doesn't form the basis of the diet. The basis of the diet is the dry food, which is, as I said, I wet my, the dry food all the time. Dry food usually has a layer of fat on the outside, and by... Uh, wetting it, you stimulate that fat and it adds flavour to the diet for the dog. Plus, and people say, oh, the saliva does that. Yeah, I guess so, but it's nicer with that little bit of moisture, a little bit of um, uh, wet, palatable food throughout the whole bowl as well. That's it. That's what I give. Now, which one? I said, good quality one. If you've got a breeder that's given you a recommendation, stick to the breeder's recommendation. The biggest problem that people... Um, do when they're novices is say, well, no, I want the best for my dog and my dog is going to eat meat. Now, if I asked you, Stephen, what is, this is a serious question, what's a carnivore? A carnivore is uh, somebody who eats meat. Yeah, no. A carnivore is an animal eater. Right. Not just meat. Because we, in our mind, meat is what we buy at the butchers. Mm. And dogs don't, oh, let's bring down a, dogs in the wild don't bring down a herbivore and think, right, I'm going for the fillet steak. They don't do that. When the dog, dog pack makes a kill in the wild, they go to the soft meat of the belly, they go through that, and they get into the intestines because there's fat there and blood and it's tasty. There's also a whole lot of cooked vegetables there. Inside the herbivore, there's a whole lot of vegetables cooking. If you fell into the rumen of a herbivore, like a cow, you'd be cooked through in 10, 15 minutes. Wouldn't take long. (laughs) Just think of it. It's a cooking vat for vegetable matter. Okay. So dogs are used to eating cooked vegetables, not raw. These diets that say, oh, we're natural and we we have grated vegetables, that's not natural. Yeah. Cooked vegetables are natural. So if you're going to feed vegetables, feed cooked vegetables, mix with the diet, and that's fine. Um, be aware which ones you can feed and which ones you can't. You know, no onions, no garlic, 
avoid uh, some of the other um, things that can cause diarrhoea as well. Beans and peas can be a big problem. Just to clarify, when we say dry dog food, are you talking about the sort kibble. of tr- kibble, yeah, kibble. pellets yeah, and, and kibble. Like. That's it, yeah. yeah. Good and there's lots of one. different brands. And, lots yeah. of different brands. Yeah, billions of dollars have been spent in research, mm. I'll tell you now. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people say, oh, no, natural diets for my dog, natural diet for my dog. What do you think the police dog's being fed and the drug dog that you're relying on is being fed? They're being fed a lot of those kibbles, good quality kibble, and they are very, very healthy dogs. What do you think the guide dog's being fed? They're being fed kibble. And all these people that rely on all these dogs for all these things, their basis of the diet is kibble. They will get other treats. Of course they will. I'm not saying it should be just one thing, but don't overdo it with the treats. 80 to 90% of your diet is going to be kibble. A little bit of meat. If it can be fresh meat, if you like. Uh, it can be a, a wet food that you buy in conjunction with that particular dry food. That's the basis of a good quality diet. Um, remembering too that dogs don't suffer a lot from loss of vitamins unless they've got a problem. You know, the dogs produce vitamin C. They don't have scurvy. They produce vitamin C. They don't need to eat oranges and apples. Do not feed your dogs grapes. That'll cause kidney failure in your dog. Mm. Yes, so we've talked about the, the no-nos yeah. in previous episodes for people who want to go yep. back over our, our previous episodes of the Doggy Pod. So for me, dry food mixed with a bit of wet food, once a week, a raw bone, beautiful, yummy. I'm getting hungry. Is it lunchtime? Yep. <laughs> Away we go. Okay, it's time now to answer our quiz question from earlier on, and that is which breed of dog is a playing piece on a Monopoly board, for those of you who have played Monopoly or remember it? Is it a Labrador, a German Shepherd, a Poodle, or a Scottish Terrier? And Rob has the answer. And it's the Scottish Terrier. I guess they're right. Represent all the dog people out there on Monopoly. I mean, I, I used to race out to get that dog piece and <laughs> never won Monopoly, but had a lot of fun. They're called a Scotty, aren't they? A Scotty, yeah, very determined little dogs. They are extremely hardy dogs, um, not easily trained because they are headstrong. Uh, they, now they like their own space and their own ways. They're very much loyal to the family. They're a good little guard dog. They will protect the family. Uh, but they are fairly headstrong. You know, they, they love going on walks. They are really energetic little dogs. For a small dog, they're a bundle of energy and a bundle of, of fun if you want a Scotty Terrier. But the coat often gets stripped out, doesn't fall out easily. You have to, what's called, strip it out, pull it all out uh, when they're changing coat and a new coat comes through. Lovely dogs, but very, very headstrong. Ah, yes, we're all familiar with that piece of music. And and that piece of music is there because our celebrity dog this week was named, or is named, Lupo. And he is an English Cocker Spaniel owned by who, Rob? Kate Middleton and Prince William Ah. own an English Cocker Spaniel. So what is an English Cocker Spaniel? Is that something that's common here in Australia? Oh, yeah, you see quite a few. And they're they're well known for those beautiful eyes and those... Ears that droop down the side. You know, they've got that long coat. 
They're a medium-sized dog at best. You know, not uh, wouldn't call them small, but they're medium size. Uh, lovely coat, beautiful silky coat. It does need some brushing because they do grow quite a coat. You can keep them. Well, they off. probably have people that brush their dog for them. No, William's out there every <laughs> night brushing his dog. I'm sure. No, they would have dog brushes. I'm absolutely sure of. I, I don't understand why Kate Middleton and Prince William have given it an Italian name. Lupo is Italian for wolf, but there you go. Uh, they call their English dog after an Italian wolf, but they are lovely dogs, bustling little back end. Their tail is just known for its little bustle that it does it's when it's happy to see you, and they really do. Their whole backside just about falls off. They're a happy dog, very good temperament dog. <laughs> good People, family dog. Great family dog, beautiful, beautiful Cocker Spaniel eyes. Okay, that is our show this week. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Please go to our Facebook page and our Instagram, um, and you'll see lots of extra stuff, particularly on our Facebook page where there's lots of videos of Dr. Rob doing all sorts of wacky things and and other (laughs) bits and pieces. So um, make sure you head there. Thank you again for listening, and we will see you next week. You have some final words, as always, Rob. Yeah, some people don't understand why your dog means so much to you. But that's okay. Your dog does. Did anybody famous say that or is that another one of yours? No, I I don't know who said that. (laughs) (laughs) But I like it. I like it. Okay, we'll see you all next week. All the best. See you guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.